Amen. I, uh, in all of that, I forgot to even say the announcements. And uh, they, uh, that uh, Monday night, we're excited about uh, Manna Monday. Uh, looking forward to that part two and uh, getting on with those Manna Monday. Uh, tonight, five minutes after the service ends, the fellowship rooms will be open. And next Saturday uh, is the uh, Loft Live is back. And we have another concert for you. And also don't forget Adventureland, which is every uh, Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to go to the Word of God tonight and I want to preach um, part four and I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be the last one in this series and so um, some may be saying thank God for that. Others uh, have enjoyed, I'm hearing good reports and others enjoying uh, what God is saying and doing through this. Uh, amen. So let's go to the Word of God. Genesis 39 is our text if you want to grab that. Genesis chapter 39. Um, and we're going to begin reading in verse 6. It's kind of a long portion of Scripture, um, but it's necessary to read it all to, uh, so you understand the picture and uh, where we're going to go with all of that. But we'll come back to the Scripture in just a moment, Genesis chapter 39, and we'll begin in verse 6. But I was reading uh, just this week a very, very interesting story uh, to come out of Boston uh, in the U.S., and a very interesting story about a young Chinese woman who, in court, uh, said they said uh, she stood almost frozen, her hands clasped in front of her as the prosecutors read from her text to her college boyfriend, filled with expletives and frequently in all caps, uh, which means she's shouting at him, The messages read like one long outpouring of furious rage. She asked him to do everyone a favor. She said, why don't you go kill yourself? Repeatedly called him worthless and threatened him to harm himself if, uh, or threatened to, to harm herself if he did not do what she wanted. Well, two days later, her boyfriend... Alexander Ertula, 22 years of age, killed himself by jumping from the roof of a four-story car park in Boston right on the day of his graduation. Here here we have a, a young man, a young man's life with so much promise, so much potential, yet destroyed by what I'm going to call a Jezebel spirit. And so we have it here in this story, they said constant threats, constant verbal threats. Listen, 47,000 text messages in three days. Constant text, constant threats, constant assaults, and he committed suicide. Here she is, she seduces him, she's manipulated him, she's killed him and the court ordered. And this is not only true this evening, not only true in this case, this is often true spiritually. There are those who are attacked, assaulted and killed spiritually by a Jezebel spirit. You see, a Jezebel spirit is able to seduce and manipulate and listen and kills men, kills disciples kills discipleship, kills families, and kills churches. And it's one of the main reasons why I'm preaching this message, because God desperately needs Christians to stand up and say, I refuse to let this spirit come upon my life. 
I refuse to let this spirit come upon my family, my church, my city, my people, and I'm going to take a stand against this spirit. So let's look at the uh, stolen fruit, part four. Genesis 39, 6 through 20. And let's read the scripture, follow along with us. It's a little long, but um, bear with me as I read through this. The Bible says, Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife, casting longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand she, uh, and fled outside that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them saying, See, he has, brought, um, uh, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. Uh, and it happened when he uh, heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home, until uh, her master came home. And then she spoke uh, to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock uh, me. And so it happened, as I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled outside. And so it was when his master heard the words uh, which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner uh, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Amen. Let's look firstly tonight at a persistent spirit. You know, I was reading in the world of espionage and spies that a familiar device deployed or employed to snare male secret servant agents and to catch them out or to draw information out of them is called the honey trap. And that is that they use women to lure the men, have relationship with them and trap them to draw information out of them. It's one, they say it's one of the only things that can get information out of what would otherwise usually be a very determined, disciplined men. This was especially true for Samson. The demonic, listen, the demonic deploys the honeypot, Delilah, to take him down and destroy him. And listen, what is true of espionage and spies and Samson is also true for Christians, the servants of the king. 
You see, genuine uh, Christian disciples are sometimes lured by a sexual spirit simply to trap them. Today we know it's online, it's social media, it's porn, it's images, it's everywhere, it's accessible, and listen, it is persistent. And then we have the aggressive woman, the aggressive females who are chasing and pursuing men, and what comes with that is a spirit. Listen, I want to balance that with sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes the girl needs to push the brother. Give him a little push, give him a prompt, give him a poke uh, to bring the brother out of his shell sometimes. uh, And sometimes that is needed. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an aggressive female spirit that chases after the man. You know, one man said, a, a man chases and a woman chooses. I like that. Not the other way around. Because the issue is what happens when the panther or the cougar does not get what they want and are rejected. You know, there was some uproar recently when a UK woman was released from prison after nine years for killing her husband with a hammer. There was some uproar. How could you let her go? How could you let her out of prison? And uh, there was some uproar. But listen, Jezebel's spirit is a persistent, pushy, and painfully pride-filled spirit that often overreacts. Let me ask you a question tonight. What do you do when you don't get your own way? In relationships, in friendships, in marriage, in discipleship, what do you do when you're told no? And there is, I, I think there's never a truer statement that you never know what's in someone until they are told no. And then you see the, a certain spirit manifest. Then you see their, their true colors come out. You know, again, let me ask you a question. What do you do when you're corrected? What do you do when you feel rejected? What do you do when you're told no? How do you respond to that? Listen, do you pull out the hammer and say, and go ahead, you know, do you pull out the hammer and perhaps it's not physical, perhaps it's not a real hammer, but do you pull out the hammer and do you say things that are destructive and hurtful and insist on having it your way and it's my way or the highway and then when it doesn't come that way, you pout? Sulk, sook, and even give the silent treatment. Listen, let me just speak to that for a second. The silent treatment stems from a manipulative Jezebel spirit that is alive in men and women, but it is an immature, ungodly attempt at manipulation. It comes from a Jezebel spirit, and the silent treatment does not work. It is a it is manipulative Jezebel spirit. In our text, we see this manifest in a married woman with an unmarried spirit. Listen, this spirit lives on today. It's called the honey trapper. It's the deceptor. It's the it's the disciple killer. You know, I'm never surprised, but I'm always annoyed when a guy gets saved and then all of a sudden Jezza turns up. 
Jezebel turns up and, and she lures him away and pulls him away. Listen, it, the heart of Jezebel is to steal the fruit, is to rob the disciple of a relationship with God and be in church and serve God and be a disciple and make heaven as their home. The Jezebel spirit wants to steal the fruit. No, this was the issue with um, John Lennon and the, you know the story, John Lennon was in the Beatles and at a, at a low point in his life, John Lennon cried out to God, prayed a sinner's prayer, but then Jezza turned up. Yoko Ono, his wife, said, you either choose, it's either this Jesus or me, and we know that he chose Jezebel. Listen, Jezebel got her man. Let's just come back to the text for a minute. Potiphar's wife, she makes very persistent advances towards Joseph. And when he rejected her for the last time, she reacts. See, this is the issue. When Jezebel feels denied, rejected, humiliated, and angry, and uh, you know, they say uh, that uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, and I think it's true. See, when Jezebel is denied and rejected and humiliated, she attacks. And with that attack, if you think about Potiphar's wife, uh, Potiphar's wife has the spirit of Jezebel. It's a spirit that exists and functions and has been active in the earth uh, from the beginning of time. She attacks, and with that attack being the best form of defense, she makes up a story. She invents this story about Joseph that would serve to counter any gossip that would arise concerning her and her own immoral behavior, past, present, and future. Because listen to me, a Jezebel spirit does not care about people. A Jezebel spirit is only concerned about covering its own tracks and protecting its own ego and image and reputation and ability to influence people around them so that they can bring to pass their own agenda. So it's a persistent spirit. Let's look secondly at a problem scene. You know, the opening illustration, this Chinese girl, she murdered uh, or she, um, she convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide, jumped off the building. Uh, Alexander Ertler, who was killed by his girlfriend, listen, he could see the problem. He just couldn't do anything about it. 42,000 text messages in three days. Abusive language, capitals. She's yelling at him, mind games, manipulation. And I have no doubt he could see the problem. But this is the issue with a Jezebel spirit. You can see the problem, but you feel like you can't do anything about it because it's a spirit. And again, it's not a gender-specific issue, but it's a spirit that often targets men. It's often aggressive. It's often persistent and it's often purposeful and it's often obvious to everyone around except the one that's involved. So let me give you four things that a persistent yet obvious Jezebel spirit does. 
And maybe you can think about these and maybe um, if this spirit is in you or, or in somebody else that affects you or in somebody that you know, of course, you could contemplate these things and think about that. And so four things that a persistent yet obvious Jezebel spirit does. Number one is a Jezebel spirit does not take no for an answer. And so let's think about this. Joseph, yeah, he's there and she's persistent. She comes at him once and twice and again and she's persistent about this. And Joseph, listen, he does not want to sin. He doesn't want to do this. He says, how could I sin against God? And how could I do this to Potiphar? He's trusted me with everything. And, and you're just here in the house and I'm serving. And how could I do this thing? I don't want to sin. But listen, she doesn't care. She has an agenda. She wants to steal the fruit, kill the man, destroy the disciple. You know, it made me think about, I had a guy some time ago, years ago, he came to, uh, came to church with his girlfriend. And um, uh, initially she, they came together, but then she stopped coming and he continued to come to church. And then, but then they both stopped coming. And I saw him uh, sometime later. I said, hey, what happened to you, man? What, what happened? He said, oh, the girlfriend, you know, she didn't want to come to church and she didn't want me to come to church. I said, oh, what happened to the girlfriend? He said, oh, we, we broke up months ago. Because this is the issue. She doesn't care uh, about relationships. The Jezebel spirit doesn't care about relationships. She just wants to keep you away from Jesus. So you better be ready for a fight. When you say no to Jezebel, you better be ready for a fight. Also, Jezebel's spirit uh, won't, uh, just won't listen to her husband. It's an unsubmitted spirit that just won't listen, that won't take no for an answer, that, that, that must have the last say. And the Ahab husband, the weaker vessel, often gives in to that. He doesn't want to fight won't stand up to her, won't make decisions, won't lead, won't be confident. And the Jezebel spirit has crippled the man, the leader, the disciple. See, a man with a Jezebel wife is a, uh, becomes a weak, intimidated uh, man, especially a weak a spiritual man. And this is seen by everyone, including the kids, and he is seen as a weaker vessel. Listen, don't let that be you tonight. So number one is a Jezebel spirit does not take no for an answer. Number two, a Jezebel spirit will cause men to run. Listen, this is a very, this is a very difficult situation, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Very difficult situation. But listen, don't let yourself get in that situation. Don't, let, don't be in the same place with someone of the opposite sex, especially someone else's husband or wife. Joseph should not have been alone in the building. While she was there, he should not have been there, but he was, and now he's caught out in this difficult situation, and now he's, he's affected by this spirit. See, listen, don't allow this spirit to cause you to compromise. And you might say, well, it's okay, and you know, it's, it's fine. Nobody sees, nobody knows. That's the voice of a spirit of Jezebel speaking. 
to act with integrity and stand your ground. See, Joseph recognizes this spirit and he runs. Say, Jezebel's spirit will cause you to run. The Bible says he left his garment because she grabbed it. Listen, when that spirit grabs a hold of you, you're trapped and people run. And I want to say tonight, it is right to run from Jezebel, but don't run from God. The problem is most people are not discerning enough to work that out and they run from Jezebel and run from God and Jezebel gets a man. Number three, Jezebel is a, control, is a controlling and demanding spirit. Listen, if a Jezebel spirit doesn't get its way, it will turn on you and uses position and power to manipulate and control and demand. And Paul is referring to this kind of spirit and says in Romans 16, 17 and 18, says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the um, doctrine that you've been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve um, our Lord uh, Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. See, this is a spirit that lures you in with smooth talking and flattery. And to your face speaks nice and to your face has smooth talking and flattery and, and it sounds good, uh, but, 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 then, uh, but then when they turn away and when they're gone, they become controlling and demanding through gossip and slander and turning people's opinions away from you and away from God. That's a Jezebel spirit at work and it can be in you and it can be in others. Number four is a Jezebel spirit always plays the victim. You see, Potiphar's wife grabs his coat. He's innocent. He's done nothing wrong. He's just there working. She, she's the one. She's the Jezebel spirit, grabs his coat, and he tries to run away, and now she has the coat. She plays the victim, turning the blame onto Joseph, as a Jezebel spirit always does. We think about this, Potiphar's wife made several advances towards him. Verse 16, she kept his garment and he ran and then she cries out the victim. Verse 17, if I could paraphrase that, she says, look at what this Hebrew has done. Verse 20, they had him thrown in prison. The reality is, you know, if Joseph was really guilty of that, he should have been executed and killed. You know what that tells me? It tells me that Potiphar's wife didn't really believe her either. But he was also manipulated by the victim card, the Jezebel spirit. And you've got to ask yourself, how is that possible? Because she, I'll tell you how it's possible. She had a lustful spirit and even her own husband was unaware of it uh, or, or, or didn't know what to do with it. And then he puts his best man in prison. See, the problem is if you can see it and you don't deal with it or you're aware of it and you don't deal with it, it's going to affect you. 
It's going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your finances. It's going to affect your future. So let's look thirdly at a prospering soul. Because in all of this, what we need, if there's a Jezebel spirit at work in the earth and in people's lives and potentially in the church, what we need to be is a a church that prospers despite a Jezebel spirit. And so we need to get dominion over a Jezebel spirit because it's demonically, it's a demonically inspired spirit that wants to rob and steal and kill and destroy. Let's think about this. Potiphar's wife uh, with a Jezebel spirit is at work. Uh, Think about this. She steals his garment. She steals his dignity. She steals his freedom. She steals his future. And this is exactly what a Jezebel spirit is after. Young man, older man, married man, a person, a Jezebel spirit wants to steal your, you know, the things that you have, the things that God has given you. He wants she, she, he, that spirit wants to steal that away from you. Again, Potiphar ends up throwing his best man into prison. Listen, often the best men are attacked. But Joseph shows us how to prosper against a Jezebel spirit. Genesis 39, 8 and 9, it says this, But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept anything back from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So let me close tonight, and I'm going to close this series, I think, with four keys to being a prospering soul. Actually, five. Five keys to being a prospering soul, and that is look around, look within, look forward, look up, and look out. Let me explain that just quickly as I move throughout. Number one, look around. You see, Joseph, and this is the five keys to a prospering soul. Here's Joseph, and uh, the Bible says she comes to him, and uh, he, here he is. He's in the house. She comes to him, makes this proposition, and what he's got to do is he, he looks around. Nobody's here. And, and so now what's he going to do? Nobody's looking. Nobody's watching. And so here's a man who still acts with integrity and righteousness even when nobody's looking. The question is, what do you do when nobody's looking? When you're alone at home? When you're alone and, and, and you're there or you're away somewhere, there's no Christians around, the church is not there. You know, what do you do? Do you still act with righteousness when you are challenged? When you look around and you see nobody's there, nobody's watching, do you still act with righteousness? First thing is look around, act with righteousness. Number two is you've got to look within. Do You see, this is a heart issue. Joseph, the Bible says, he looks around, realizes no one's there. Then what he's got to do, he's got to look within himself. And the Bible says he has to in one sense, tap into what is in his heart. The Bible tells us he acts with integrity. No one's around. I've got to be righteous. And he acts with integrity. In other words, he does right by God. And, uh, you know, he, 
uh, he doesn't, it doesn't matter to him who's watching. He doesn't rely on who's there. It's a hard issue. If you're right with God in your heart, you'll act right. In his heart, what he wants is to please God. He wants to please God more than his own flesh, more than, than another person. What he really wants is to please God. So you've got to look within. Number three, you need to look forward. You see, think about this. Joseph has a lot on the line here. And what he needs to do is he needs to act with his future in mind. And needs to ask himself, how will this decision that I'm about to make, how will this decision that I'm about to make affect my future and where I'm headed and what God has for me and all that God has blessed me with? How will this decision, and the Bible says he acts righteously. And again, Joseph is a man who shows us how to be a prospering soul that, you'd, that, that you would look around, you'd look within, and you'd keep, you'd keep looking forward. I have a future if I do right. Number four, you have to look up. Or in other words, you, gotta, you have to look to God. This is a, this is a demonic spirit that is a, is a spiritual problem that needs spiritual help and spiritual answers, and you have to act godly, seek God's help, look up and say, God, you, God, I need your help. You need to look up and pray. You say, it's a Jezebel spirit. It's a spirit. And it's a, it's a spiritual issue that needs spiritual answers. And tonight, if you feel oppressed by a Jezebel spirit, you feel uh, a lustful spirit, you feel a manipulative spirit, listen, prayer is the key to breaking that spirit. And then number five is you've got to look out. Oh, listen, watch out. Watch out. It's coming for you. And a very simple solution, look out, is, you know what? Run. Get as far away from a Jezebel spirit as you possibly can. Run. Verse 9 of our text, Joseph said, How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Want to be a prospering soul, man, woman, couple, husband and wife? Five things that you need to make sure that you do. Number one, look around, look within, look forward, look up and look out. And God is going to help you tonight. Amen. Let's bow our heads as we close in a word of prayer. Amen. Heads are bowed, 